it's your boy in Austin here with episode A5 of Friday Night Fright, the podcast where we fry on right now, Margle. And this month has obviously been comic book Calvacadia, which is not really horror themed, although luckily last week's episode and this week's episode technically are more horror-y Marvel movies. This week's episode deals with Doctor Strange, which is definitely slightly a horror movie in some regard. I mean, the sequel's been directed by Sam Raimi, so it's definitely horror themed and aspects of horror and i can't wait to watch it and also dealing with the horror theme i'll also be recapping an episode or reviewing an episode of top the inhumans tv show yay can't wait um agent carter last week went okay so i thought why not watch something that's been critically rebelled online and it's based on really awesome group characters from marvel the inhumans so i'll be doing that as well so Doctor Strange will be coming up after brief work with my sponsor and then Inhumans will end the episode. So I'll be back in just a second. Hello and welcome to Friday Night Fright Presents Comic Book Calvacadia 2020. Man, we're going to have some fun this month. Every episode in May, every day in May, there's going to be a brand new episode. It's going to be a mini review of a comic book movie. Yay, can't wait, hyped. So it's going to cover the gauntlet. It's going to be loads of MCU stuff. There's going to be some DC stuff, probably. Uh, it might be some other stuff. There's going to be Flash recaps of Flash Season 2 every Tuesday. Um, so it's going to be four or five of those, depending on how many Tuesdays are in May. But it's going to be tight, because they've all got a week off. Yay! Anyway, this is the intro comic for Cavcadia. So you hear this every day of the week, and then you'll hear an intro for the movie that I'm covering that day. Or TV show. Ooh, scary! Anyway, I'll be back after a brief word from our sponsor. So, Doctor Strange. What are my thoughts on Doctor Strange? Um, well, I, I liked it. I, I like the character of Doctor Strange. In theory, I, li- I like him more in theory than in actuality. I always say in comic books, he's a bit boring. Except for when Jonathan Hitman got him in the New Avengers comics. Which case, he became really interesting because he added lots of depth to him. But in theory, he should be one of the coolest comic book characters. Because he deals with Lovecraftian style Eldritch abominations. As a routine matter of fact. But the floor is not... Inserting him into Marvel's thing, the universe can backfire because if he's so powerful and he is so powerful, then in theory, what what's a threat to him? You know, like how are you gonna manage that power level? Something like four is a bit different because four can fight aliens and you can have big bad aliens fighting four and stuff like that. But in theory, if Doctor Strange is fighting things that are beyond human comprehension, why would he be bothered by something like someone like Thanos or someone like? Uh, Zola or Zemo or Red Skull or anything like that because they're, n- they're nothing Doctor Strange you know he can just cast a space them so it's going to be very difficult I think in retrospect to watch this and see how it fits into why the Marvel tableau because make Strange too powerful it's going to backfire but if make him too weak it's going to be boring and a bit like original four movies where you don't really get a sense how powerful he actually was there's also the fact that it's um, it's obviously a floor, no floor of the MCU, but now they're introducing magic. I mean, with Scarlet Witch, it wasn't magic as such. It was, like, enhancement. But this is just, like, no, it's flat magic. And no, they teased it with four movies, but then they tried going down that. No, no, see, there's science leanings there. But here they can't, because this isn't science. This is actual magic. So how is that going to work? Anyway, enough about that rambling. I will watch a movie, and then I'll get back to you guys in just a second. 
So, Doctor Strange. What do I think of Doctor Strange in retrospect and having watched it again, actually? So, not so much in retrospect. I enjoyed it. It was good. I mean, I think the thing I like about Doctor Strange more than some of the other Marvel movies is that it tries something really unique and different. Um, And by unique and different, I mean it rips off the Matrix almost entirely, but that's not such a bad thing. Ripping off a good movie is not a problematic thing in the slightest. All it means is that you're smart enough to realise that, you know, somebody's did it better and you can steal their ideas. I mean, after all, that's what Matrix did. This does take a lot from Matrix, indeed. Um, and it goes one step further, in fact, because Matrix was anchored by... Uh, sort of from Keanu Reeves' performance, which some people called a bit flat. I wouldn't go so far as to call it flat. I'd call it, you know, material relevant. Whereas this one was a bit different, because Doctor Strange showcases how much of an arsehole... But Doctor Strange is, and he is an arsehole of epic proportion. Which anchors moving something a bit different, because you get a bit more complex characterization, because you're not trying to get sympathy per se. You know, you get empathy of sorts, but general gist of movie is that he's building an arsehole. Which is cool, which is fascinating, because all the other Marvel movies, they're an arsehole by accident, and this one, he's an arsehole on purpose. And Benedict Cumberbatch is really good at playing flawed... Contemporary males. He's sort of the Michael Douglas of his age, where Michael Douglas was fantastic at playing characters with built edge in the eighties. Characters like Gordon Gecko, his role in Fatal Attraction, his role in War of the Roses, for example. He's a really he is a really good actor at the time, and Bendit Gumbach is sort of taking up that mantle to an extent. No, he's charming, but he doesn't rely on charm quite the same way someone like Robert Down Jr. does, which should make any interaction between them in future movies really interesting. And fundamentally, this movie does what I hoped it would do at the time, and what I hoped it would do upon rewatch in terms of viewing it in continuity clad aspect of Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is showing that magic is fundamentally something you can learn, but it's not a science. The movie fundamentally resolves around Doctor Strange doing a version of the old lost trope, which is man of science, man of faith, in which he goes from man of science to man of faith using his education and his knowledge. Doctor Strange is a self-taught man in a lot of ways. He taught, pushed himself to be the best doctor he could be, and then when he broke his hands, he decided to become a mystic, and then pushed himself using his training and his intense work ethic to become the most mystical mystic he could possibly be. And Benedict Cumberbatch is really good at portraying that aspect of character, that intelligence, that drive, that determination, which does anchor a lot of his characterization during the movie. He's ably supported by two of the Swintons, the Ancient One. Obviously, there was a bit of a backlash to that. Some people say he just stuck to comets where it was an Eastern mystic. Some people saying that they should have done something different altogether. And the compromise of sorts was a white woman. A white woman is a white woman's most powerful. One of most powerful beings in all of the universe, or any universe in that regard. And personally, I love this casting. The ancient one in comic books, for lack of a better term, sucks. I don't know how anyone could be a fan of that useless character. But in this movie, really good good job. First, they point out there's probably a mystical eastern 
Sorcerer Supreme Ancient One at some point, but right now it's Tita Swinton, and she is a fabulous actress, and if you have compromise, compromise for someone of sufficient talent to make it enjoyable. And she's really, really good. And she's anchored by... Oh, Christ. Sorry, I forget his name. Shiwutu Ayufa, who is brilliant. He's an amazing actor, even if I can't say his name. He played the operative in Serenity. And he does a fantastic job here. And also, finally, this is very much horror of sorts. It's a movie dealing with nightmare scenarios and the terrifying concept. The entire infinite reality theory being proven correct. Where there's infinite universes, infinite consequences, and Sorcerer Supreme, and the... Masters of Mystic Arts and the Ancient Ones and all of that have to save the entire universe from some real messed up shit. And I love it because I love horror movies and I love that aspect. And this is a horror podcast. So it's nice when we go back to horror stuff because it's not really going to happen much for the rest of May. Um, so, but it's happening now, so it's good. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Doctor Strange. No, it's not longest reviewed today on movie but that's because we got the um i got the inhuman part coming up after this so we'll drag it to about 17 18 minutes i guess it's just a few minutes stuff to talk about dr strange in that while i did really enjoy it and it did was did ate matrix a lot it didn't have that groundbreaking feeling that matrix had and while it does do a lot to anger mystical side of marvel cinematic universe it did feel like they were holding back to a degree, um, I'm not sure why, I like the fact that Baron Mordo and Doctor Strange's relationship, they didn't immediately go from bad friends to enemies, it's a gradual deconstruction, gradual tearing down, so it's nice acting between them, and they'll also be more in sequel if they go that route, but at the same time, still a bit underdeveloped, if I'm honest, it's not really Shakespearean, I think that's what you want it to go for in four, but this definitely is not Shakespearean. It's a bit of a slog sometimes. There's a bit too much time spent on training. Where it falls in timeline doesn't really add up. I think it takes place before Civil War and after Civil War. Doctor Strange's training obviously takes about a year, give or take. But they don't really do a good job explaining that. And think especially coming after Civil War, maybe they should have mentioned it a bit i'm not looking for a continuity mad fest but you know you can't just do these sort of origin stories anymore really because without addressing why the marvel universe there's a line where you talk about the avengers handling physical threats and we handle metaphysical threats but it's still a bit weak and then at the end when they go the whole entire movie they've been talking about how the eye of agamotto is controls time, then at the end they casually owns credit by Agmata, and then at the end one casually reveals it's an infinity stone. It's so like okay, fine. Infinity Stone that works because you want to narrow it down and you want ties to wind the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but then if it's an infinity stone, Agamotto didn't create it. So were you lying for to Strange for no reason? Like it's just it's a bit weird. Luckily they've deemed it with a really funny post credit sequence where we finally get Tom comic book accurate Doctor Strange with costume, which jars bit with the rest of the movie, interacting with four in a very amusing scene where Bendit come back and Chris Hemsworth showed the same amount of chemistry that every Marvel character seems to share of every Marvel character and actor seems to share of every actor. They do a great job casting these movies.
Some of the jokes fall flat, but visually this movie is a treat to senses, even if it's, as said, tearing away from Matrix to a large extent. They do a good job of creating interesting visuals and having interesting fight scenes and action sequences leading to the last action sequence where it's essentially undoing damage that's already been done, which is a really cool way to change pace and an ending which is even cooler because it's defeating villain using intelligence and time loop, which is great because it's not, I'm going to beat up a big powerful villain, it's I'm going to use my brain to come up with a way to beat him without fighting him, you know. It's sort of a checkmate. Putting villain in checkmate. So I really like that. I thought that's really great. Because Doctor Strange should be thinking out the box with those things. It shouldn't just be, I'm going to punch this villain 10,000 times. Cough Superman Snyder. It's actually coming up with an interesting finale. Which I really enjoyed. And should make Doctor Strange 2 whenever it comes out really cool. Because he thinks outside bots. Which is fascinating. So yeah, I, I'd probably say... Three out of five overall as a movie, but four out of five visuals. You know, like, the scheme is Matrix, it's probably like six out of five visuals, but this is four. So, yeah, so I'd go 3.5 out of five. And Marvel Phase 2, Marvel Phase 3 continues going great guns, which is good. Um, up next, I don't actually know which movie's up next, so I'll check Disney Plus later on. Uh, it'll definitely be some sort of movie, so... There you go. Anyway, um, that's tomorrow's episode. Coming up just in a few seconds could be my review of Inhumans, which I've heard terrible things about, but has certain horror connotations. So there you go. So I'll be back in just a few seconds with that. So I just watched the first episode of the Inhumans. <sighs> right, how preface this. Um, so I'm a big fan of Jonathan Hitman's Avengers and New Avengers comics and his Fantastic Four comic books. I'm just about getting to his X-Men ones. Um, and I think, <laughs> I think Black Bolt's a great character. I think it's a really good character, actually. I think Inhumans is a theory of really good characters because it's sort of like a futuristic kind of sci-fi version of the X-Men. You know, the X-Men quite sci-fi in comic books, but the idea of Black Bolt being a king who can't speak, um, his wife being one of five wives who... Ha- He's the only one he loves. His brother being a madman named Maximus. And his cousins and the issues of incest to a degree. It's it's fascinating. It's a really different take on Marvel Universe. And when it's done right, and it's done right a few times, it's pretty goddamn great. It's a really good comic book. It's a really good concept. And it's a really good bunch of characters. But it's often not done right in comics because people don't really lean into the interesting aspects of it. They want to move away from them because the interesting aspects are very Game of Thrones. Where it's Game of Thrones on acid because it's even more crazy and batshit insane. And the problem is this series veers away from those aspects. And also the main issue I have with this Inhumans episode number one is it doesn't feel like a first episode. This feels like there's been a season or two. This feels like season three premiere. Because they don't introduce you to a goddamn thing. They don't set anything up. It's dump you in this situation and hope you figure out. And look, that's what comic books do, I know. I understand comic books do that a lot. And I get because some of my favourite comic books, like, for example, when I wrote Daredevil comic back in the day, that was jumping in deep end. That's fine. Because... 
One, it's really, really, really good. It's the Bendis stuff with Fist dying and all that. One, it's really, 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 really good. And two, there was the other stuff you can catch on later. This is nothing like that. It's like, it's just an episode of TV which no con- with no context. It doesn't make a goddamn bit of sense. Okay. And that's problem number one. Problem number two, it's not entertaining. Like, I don't know who this show is made for. Well, actually, I do know who the show is made for. It's um, made by F1's favourite money-grubbing millionaire, Ike Permuter, who made it as a spike towards Kevin Feige. Um, it was his driving project from Marvel's University Wonga Park, but he won't make it... Movies, but Kevin Feige pulled a power play so it couldn't be a movie, so IQ had control over the TV aspect. It's like make a TV show, refancy IMAX cameras, and hide, hide, hide the guy who ruined Dexter in process. And as a result, we got a gigantic piece of shit TV show. Not at this fault, they're all trying their best, but it's really, really bad. And does make goddamn bit of sense. And unlike Iron Fist, which Scott Book also mangled, at least that started at the beginning. This, I don't know where this starts, but it must have been so difficult for people to watch, and I have no idea what's going on, because it claims to ostensibly be set in Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's primarily set on the moon, and the Inhumans don't want to go to Earth, but they can easily travel to Earth whenever they feel like it, because they have a dog who can teleport, and then when they don't have a dog who can teleport, they can just teleport down there on their own, and their king doesn't speak, because when he spoke, and say why he murdered his parents. I mean, look, these, these probably, I can't remember Black Box Backstory in comics, but this is probably straight from comic books, but the problem is in comic books, there's some context for it. In movie, there isn't. And it's an embarrassment that this is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and that they can't make movies based on these characters, I guess. I don't think Kevin Feige particularly want to anyway. But now it's kind of like, we, what, what do you do? Because, you know, they're already shit, rubbish characters. Like Medusa's countered, her hair powers are countered by her head being shaved. And it's just cheap and rub it's cheap looking which is weird because they use amazing cameras and like visuals are great uh, on occasion but then other times they look like crap so i really have no idea what's going on for this series but i yeah wait yeah it's just not very good not very good it's just of it don't don't watch it it's not worth it and yeah there you go uh inhumans episode one I'm going to say 2 out of 5 because don't want to be too nasty, but really not very good. So, not very recommended. Not very recommended at all. Anyway, i got to get ready because it's time for the epilogue. Oh, another week, another episode. Oh, that was so much fun. I'm really, really tired, guys, as usual. But that's okay because hey-ho, hey-ho, it's a podcast life for me. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with another episode. I, like I said, I can't remember what it's going to be about, but I'm sure it'll be watchable. So until next time, remember, life is beautiful.